0: Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the
1: principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured
2: cowboys instead
1: of lawyers.
3: And you know, there have been studies linking that, uh, that. That is a very true statement. It is true. It is. Welcome to...
4: I haven't seen a lawyer I'd trust with anything.
3: (laughs) Welcome to another edition of Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander. Yes, you are. Bunker to France. There's the other guy talking there. In Los Angeles, it's Todd Roberts. Howdy. Yes, you are.
5: Hello, Uh, Todd. Good afternoon, gentlemen, Uh, from uh, wet Los Angeles. Wet
4: Los Angeles. Oh, but that means we'll probably get some rain. No, it it hits hits the mountains there, comes up over the top and dries out. Okay. We don't get L.A. All
3: right. This is our Movie Saturday show, folks. Uh, We are streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch, beautiful, just north of Tucson. And our guests today, first of all, we're going to be talking about uh, a children's book. We're going to be talking about The High Chaparral. And we're going to be talking about Little House on the Prairie. Those two shows, two of television's most iconic TV shows, uh, and we have guests from... Both of them. Susan McRae is. uh, uh, She was a casting director for uh, uh, Chaparral, Married to Kent McRae. No, she wasn't the casting director for Chaparral? Okay, well, she was married to Kent McRae, who was the production manager. But she was casting
4: director. She was a casting
3: director for Little House. There you go. All right, and on from the Little House side of the coin, we've got uh, Captain Stan Iver uh, to be joining us here in just a moment. First. You got some birthdays there to talk about I got about. a couple Quickly. of
4: birthdays. We like we like to celebrate the people that are part of our heritage. And going back to last Tuesday, the 26th, uh, Mr. Todd Roberts, our co-host, that was his birthday, which he shares with Marty Robbins. Uh, yesterday, the 29th, born in 1907, was Gene Autry's birthday, and this next Wednesday, the 4th of October, is Charlton Heston's birthday.
3: Well, how about that? All that stuff, huh? and he he could part the Red Sea. <laughs> hey, coming up over at uh, the Mescal movie set on uh, Saturday and Sunday. The 21 and 22 of October is a Civil War artillery demonstration yeah. at the Mescal movie set. Uh, there'll be elements there from uh, 19th century living history folks. Who are they? The First Texas Artillery. Uh, and they've got, uh, I've, I've seen their cannon and, and uh, haven't fired their cannon, but I've seen their cannon, and it, uh, it goes boom very nicely. Uh, so this happening from uh, 10 a.m., 12 p.m., and 2 p.m., uh, that is uh, historical tours Saturday, the 21 of October, out at the Mescal. Artillery demonstrations are 11, 1, and 3, and that's uh, on Sunday, the 22nd, uh, those demonstrations are at 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Uh, here's what you do go to mescalmovieset.com and learn more about it and uh, get a reservation, or not a reservation, but just go on out there Have because. Fun. And have some fun because everybody loves a
4: big boom. It's a bang-up time. also, there's one other event coming up out there. You're going to have to check the site because I forgot to write down the date. But they're having a ghost night out there. Right. And I think it's from, what, uh, 8 to 10 or something like that. They're going to turn off all the lights. So it's going to be pitch black out there. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have some paranormal people out there because supposedly there's a couple of ghosts working out out there I don't doubt that and well if they did they probably came in on the stagecoach because <laughs> nobody died out there anyhow that's that's coming up check it out keep
3: going, keep About going? That, yeah cause oh, okay well you know this.
4: again like I say you know it's 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 gonna be spooky supposedly you out there in the dark at night Uh I don't know, let's see. It's going to be about the dark of the moon, I think, because we're coming into full moon right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good
3: know. good rise, yeah. good one rising yesterday. All right, let's uh, get to the meat of the matter here and welcome Stan Iver and Susan McRae. Howdy, howdy, and howdy. And
4: howdy, howdy.
6: Hello, guys.
3: <laughs> and howdy back. Good to have you both. Uh, you, the two of you have co-authored a, uh, a children's book, uh, and it is, where did I, I lost it again here. It. Who did the artwork? Stan? Who, who, uh, no, I don't know what he did. Oh, my oh. gosh, no, not me. Okay, <laughs> uh, all right. Here, here it is. It's the story of Sammy and Zelda by Susan McRae and Stan. That's correct. Alvar. And uh, this is the second children's book from Susan. Um, and uh, this is a fanciful children's story should delight audiences of all ages. Tell us about it, Susan and Stan.
6: Well, it's a great book. It's actually my third children's book. Sorry to correct you. Thank you. Um, But it's it's a great book. Uh, Stan uh, is uh, captain of a harbor cruise uh, boat uh, in Long Beach. And he uh, goes on these cruises and he has a few friends that he tells the people aboard about, and he shared that with me, and we decided to write about them. Thus, it's Sammy and Zelda.
3: Well, how about that? And Stan is a real live captain, Here's merchant marine, marine captain. Yeah.
0: Yes, these were harbor tours down in uh, in Long Beach, like Susan mentioned, and uh, there were always two sea lions at least two of them on buoy number two <laughs> and i always told everybody all the passengers aboard that here we come up to and there's sammy and zelda <laughs> and, oh, cool. uh, oh yeah they were great When's and the- they would get up and they would uh, squawk at us and bark at us actually that's what you call it yeah and uh, there were always some seagulls out there as well and susan and i got to be talking uh talking one day we've talked a lot Lately, since COVID here and all of that. And uh, I mentioned to her, I said, yeah, Sammy and Zelda, I kind of miss them. And she said, tell me about Sammy and Zelda. So I went on about uh, every trip I made. I When I was out there with the harbor tours with the kids and stuff, or any passengers, I always mentioned them. And we wound up doing a children's book on it. I strictly followed Susan's lead. She was a pro. She had two under her belt. And she had the uh, illustrator, a great guy back east, uh, and all of that. He did wonderful work. So uh, that's how it came about. When is the book coming out?
6: Next week. Next week.
3: Oh Mm. boy! And uh, you can get it, of course, at Amazon as well as all the other fine book publishing book places, Mm -hmm. right? Barnes and Noble. That's correct. Barnes and Noble. I don't know who else is there. I don't know anymore. Uh, you can get it online, I'm sure, no doubt about that. You
6: can get it online, but you can also walk into a bookstore, and if they don't have it, you can ask for it, and they'll they'll order it for yes.
3: you. Can't order it on uh, from the uh, Sammy and Zelda website, right? No. Not no, we're
6: not doing that. Okay.
3: Did you
4: name the, the seagulls?
6: That's because I lost my packer slipper. Kent, Kent isn't here to wrap them up. <laughs> that is so cool. It, it sounds
0: like we have a seagull lover. It's, the seagulls are Sydney and Rufus.
4: All right. <laughs> well, you know the old you know the old story out there, actors and seagulls. I won't go into it.
0: But
3: mine, mine,
4: mine. <laughs> no, it's not the story.
0: Yeah, well, out in the Merchant Marine, we had a couple of stories too about seagulls. Yeah, <laughs> we won't mention them either. Yeah, yeah. No,
4: it, it just has to do with their habits. Yeah, I was a park
3: ranger at uh, in Key West, Florida, and we had seagulls all over the damn place. <laughs>
6: <laughs> and I won't go into my uh, experience with seagulls uh, anywhere, Andy.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That must have been a joy. E. West Florida, yeah, my brother lives down in Little Torch Key. Oh, yeah? How about, oh, that's cool.
7: Yeah.
3: How, how uh, I mean, the book came together just so simply, just based on these stories. What kinds of stories are there?
6: Well, you know, there are children, uh, a lot of children who get angry with their parents or they disagree with people and they kind of go out on their own and they decide to that the best thing for them to do is just leave. And they mm-hmm. leave the house, they leave where they are and they get lost. Yep. And when they get lost they don't know what to do. They don't know how to get home. They don't they, they're not used to where they wandered off to and that's what happens between Sammy and Zelda. Uh-huh. And, and yes and Zelda, Zelda wanders off And turns out she goes She she wanders into a place that she's not familiar with mm-hmm. And it turns out that one of our seagulls goes hunting for her Well, actually, all of them are hunting for her Because Sammy is very upset yeah, He imagine. doesn't know what happened to yeah. her So, so. it's it, you know, it's one of those stories And it's a... The, the moral to that is: you never wander away. You try and work it out before you go wandering off somewhere.
4: Don't make
3: Sammy sad. No, of course not, Susan. This is your third children's book. Uh, it's got a it, writing for kids has got to be quite the challenge. I, I think I don't know. I've got an idea. Well,
6: I it. cast more children in uh, in our shows. Than yeah. most any other casting director, so you, you
3: know them. <laughs> so I,
6: I'm pretty well aware, pretty well aware of how they think and what they, uh, what they feel. Yeah.
3: Um.
6: My, my office, of course, had a lot of stuffed animals in it, and as a matter of fact, I had a gumball machine in my office that Michael Landon used to frequent quite frequently. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, he dipped his hand in it without paying the penny. Yeah. Oh, and, uh,
0: that rascal. Yeah. You know. You
6: know how that is. <laughs> Those wealthy people.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, oh, boy.
4: You know, I've got an idea for you and Stan for another story. The idea is Stan has the little house out there on his ranch, and you guys should do a story about that.
3: That would be so cool. Yeah. and anima- Not animated, but a graphic novel
6: yeah. <laughs> well, my first children's book. I'm developing an animated, uh, an animated short subject actually, cool. and I'm in the middle of putting that together. Excellent. Yeah, you
4: know, that was funny because I was looking stuff up on on the on the thing. I didn't know we were doing the third book, but so I was looking up Perry's Piano, and I was thinking, uh-huh. man, that would make a great animated movie.
6: Mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to be.
4: Cool. Mm-hmm. Good.
0: Good. It looks fantastic, guys. It does.
4: Oh, are you going to do a voiceover in it, Stan? <laughs> Only if hint, I'm hint? asked, yes. Hint, hint? I,
0: I, I, I don't know if that casting director will call me. Uh,
3: You're probably not. Yeah. I think we, we have some numbers you for one of them.
0: You
5: <laughs> Stan, you didn't wake up this morning knowing you had an agent, did you?
7: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we work for 10%. What the heck? oh that's i love, I've got an agent <laughs> yes yeah.
4: oh that is great you know every time we talk to susan we try to audition but but uh, she never calls us never, well she's called a couple of times yeah, but, but no not with, not with jobs with job. No. Uh,
7: you see you guys are looking at she a professional
0: <laughs> but you guys are looking at susan only as a casting director ah. she is also my doctor she is also my writer. as should talked there. Huh. Uh, she has. There's many things. Yes.
3: Yeah, I know. Well, she she wears many hats. I'm
4: a, I'm, a, I'm a collaborating son of a gun. Yeah. Yeah.
6: I'm so, as much a doctor. I'm as much a doctor as our president's wife is.
3: There you go. <laughs> Probably a better one too.
6: <laughs> Three times <laughs> over.
4: <laughs> Definitely. Oh, that that is good. There's uh, an animated
5: movie for you. <laughs>
3: I don't think I'd like to produce
5: Susan's, that one. Susan's had, Susan's had uh, real professionals try to dupe her into giving them a job. We're amateurs. Yeah. Why, why else do you think we constantly never
6: get a response? Yeah. Oh, I, You know what? I always tell the story about the guy who sent me the best picture and resume ever, and that was when I opened up the envelope and there was a picture, and it was the back of the head of the actor. <laughs> And you know darn well I had to call him in.
4: I had to know what the heck he looked like. Well, right? sure, yeah. <laughs> you know that reminds me. I went out and got a bunch of headshots done, and I was up to the last last shot, and the guy says, "Well, what do you want?" So I did not. So I just stuck my finger in my nose, right? And, and and so anyhow, I'm showing I'm showing Victor the proof, Victor French, the proof sheets, and of all the pictures, you know the one he said I should send out, the one with the your one nose. picking yeah, my nose, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. because <laughs> it's different. Well, you said you
3: said, well, that's, he said definitely
6: yeah. Vic, that's definitely Victor.
3: That's <laughs> <laughs> So, did the, you know
6: Stan? Stan was in one of the last pictures that Victor did. Yeah,
4: the one he did yeah. over in England. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, you know, Stan. I, I was looking stuff up, and I realized you and I worked on the Flash episode "Out of Control." I was a homeless guy that got attacked by the creature or whatever it was. Were you the creature? If he wasn't there, it was another stunt stunt
0: guy. Yeah, that was the one where I had to come down on the piano, wires on one, and everything else and all of that. First time I had done that. Yeah? Yeah. That was interesting, that
6: show. Well, they cast you on the nose, right, Stiggy?
4: So so basically you mugged me, but it wasn't you, but it was you, but it wasn't you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I'll I'll, I'll never tell I'll never tell.
4: <laughs> so, do the pair
3: of you have uh, uh, another book in mind that uh, you might uh,
0: think about?
6: Actually, we've been talking about that.
0: With playing around with something, yes. All right. Yes. Yes. I think that is just way cool. Um, we're going to take a commercial. And, and, and just and you know what? Since you mentioned the book again, mm-hmm. just so you know, there's a wonderful dog. In uh, in Sammy and Zelda, the story of Sammy and Zelda. Okay. And his name is Scruffy. Mm-hmm.
6: He was my dog. Aww. He was my dog, given to me by Shannon Doherty. Aww.
0: Oh, boy. He's the hero of the book. Oh. Ah. Yeah.
3: A man's best friend, <laughs> yeah.
0: or, or, or Susan's best friend. There you go.
3: The story of Sammy and Zelda. It's coming out next week. And uh, you, it's by Susan McRae and Stan Ivor, and you can uh, pick that up at Amazon. Uh, you can pick it up at all of the other great book places uh, that there are in our country and probably around the world, too. No doubt you can uh, find it just about everywhere. It's going to be a good one.
4: Don't all be right. shy. Your grandkids will love it.
3: Of course. And we're going to be back with uh, Stan and Susan to talk more about some way cool things here on amil franzi's
4: voices of the west we'll be right back arizona the land of cattle copper and cowboys it's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed for your next vacation come out to where wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff stay where jimmy
1: stewart filmed winchester 73 That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the hacienda, That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call
2: 520-297-0252. This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away. It'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Ebb Wilkinson, at 777 1911. That's 777 1911.
0: Watch Old West silent movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net.
2: We all make promises big and small, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America.
6: I do solemnly swear to help you when you are in need. To be considerate
0: and caring. To be your loving, faithful friend, partner, child,
2: parent, and neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net Make
0: Mr. Manolito, you come to join up with us,
7: or you just running for protection?
0: Oh, man, back, please! That poor girl, you know, she she misunderstood my my tender friendship for deep
7: love. This is the voices of the West. <laughs> Sixteen tried, sixteen died At the hands of Johnny Rondo When he flew with us, fired the dust From the guns of Johnny
3: Rondo We're back on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West Harry Alexander, Bunker to France Todd Roberts Robertson, Los Angeles Our guests are Stan Iver from Little House on the Prairie, and Susan McRae. She's also a casting director from the Little House, but uh, she was married to Kent McRae, who was the production manager for the High Chaparral, and uh, two of the most greatest guy in the world. Hey, I mean, you know, good stuff there. And this particular tune, "The Guns of Johnny Rondo," Susan, that was written for. Which one of the characters?
6: Well, it was actually for a heavy that guest starred on the show. Robert, I think it was Robert Lansing was in that. I'm oh, not quite sure now. It's it was Steve so Forrest.
3: Long. Was it Steve Forrest, maybe? Steve Forrest. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Steve and
6: Forrest. And uh, it was written by my father, Harry Siffman.
4: Mm-hmm. That's the only episode that I recall where they actually had a singing theme. Mm. You know, yeah, just, all the characters was. had things, but none of them were singing except that one. Stan,
3: you were yeah. you appeared uh, as the blacksmith on uh, Little House on the Prairie. That was in the final season, um, but still, hey, you're here, and uh, by golly, it's a good series, and you were at most excellent in it.
0: Well, I thank you, sir, and it was a wonderful experience. Uh, it was the show that gave me my break. Susan is the one that hired me for, uh, I had done some small things and a bunch of commercials and stuff before then, but never a a series. And uh, It was a wonderful one to start out with, I'm telling you. Did you uh, Um,
3: already know how to blacksmith, or did you have to learn?
0: Well, I'd already owned horses. I'd already uh, been a team roper. All right. Um, So the funny thing is, uh, right around the corner from where we shot in Simi Valley, that's where I had my horses, uh, for a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I was familiar with, with all of that. Even as a kid in Norway, I had learned how to drive, uh, drive a team since we use that for plowing and stuff on the farm there in Norway. Mm-hmm. So I was familiar with uh, horses and, and the Western end of it. And
4: it's really what I love. Yeah. Still do. I, you know, I was looking at your some of your pictures on the IMBD, and you got one horseback picture there that's one of the best horseback pictures I've seen. It just really, it sells you 100%. Describe it. Oh, well, Tim Horseback. Okay. What can you say? All right. It, it's a man on a horse. But he looks good on a horse. Well, and that's what matters. And he looks handsome. But he was a good-looking you know, guy. Well, what know, happens to him? <laughs>
0: I'm looking
7: more like Don Collier every day. <laughs> <laughs> he was a good-looking man. Good, yeah. Oh God,
0: Yeah. Miss so guy, Stan, I gotta you
5: ask you. Uh, I gotta ask you, Stan. Um, you've been you've worked diligently all your life, but you were in a film that I think is highly underrated compared to its peers, and many consider the best rendition of that story. Thirteen Days to Glory with yeah. James Arness and Brian Keith. Oh yeah! Can you talk oh, yeah. about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, that was a a wonderful job down there in Texas. Buck Taylor, uh, Jim Arness, and Brian Keith. Brian Keith and I had uh, had worked together already on on uh, something by that time, um, but no, it was a wonderful show, and uh, I enjoyed being down there in Brackettville, Texas. Uh, yeah, it was great. Jack Lilly, Jack did all the uh, uh, the horses with the wrangling and uh, and all of that, yeah. A yeah, great show. You
4: yeah. know, he, you did another picture. I want you to tell us about this, because this, I understand, was the pinnacle of your, your career. Rock-A-Doodle.
0: Well, rock doodle that's the one that uh, we did with Victor. Victor directed it over in Ireland. hmm and it's actually an animated, uh, I'm in the live action part. We were a young family uh, uh, that was there, I think it was Tennessee, supposedly, and uh, we had a lot of indoor stuff there, a lot of rain and everything that we uh, generated, they generated, uh, and it was a farm, and then there was a, a rooster, the rock doodle end of it, and then it went to animation, but uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, the one thing I remember is, you know, they always expect actors don't have any idea about animals. And the guy that, there was a, uh, a cow that was supposed to be drowning. And uh, they had made this basically a pool inside the soundstage. And uh, the owner of the, uh, of the cow uh, came over and he asked me, he said, uh, if she gets her head underneath the water, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna keep that from happening? I said, oh, I'm just going to keep my fingers in her nose. <laughs> and he was, he was surprised that I knew that because we had cows on the farm, milk cows, on the farm in Norway when I was a little kid. So he was surprised. And once I said that to him, then everything was fine. Oh, cool. And that was actually the way to do it. That uh, Just keep your, your fingers in there, your thumb and two other fingers and pinch that nose. And they'll keep it up wherever you pull them. It's just like, that's why you have a ring in a bull's nose. Yeah. You know? They'll follow that's you the anywhere. But you can do that with your fingers as well.
4: Well, you know, I want to go back to Little House for a minute. Because, you know, you did, you did the last year of the series. But then you did three Little House movies after that. Look back to yesterday, the last farewell, and uh, bless all their children. Do you have a favorite among all of those, or are they just all wonderful? Because they are wonderful.
0: They're all great, but I do have the saddest one, and that was the last one. Yeah. Uh, even on a day off, my brother was out here visiting me, and we went over and watched when they were dynamiting, I mean, blowing up part of the part of the town and so on. And uh, I just, you know, I said, this is too important to, to miss it, so I... Not that I wanted to see everything destroyed, it just broke my heart, even though I'd only been there for a year and a half at that time, it just, hmm. you know, from all the years that you've watched it on TV, uh, but that was the one that stands out uh, because of the, the script that Michael wrote for that last episode. It was just a
4: tearjerker. You know, my, I have a favorite of all those, and that's the one where you and Dean Butler uh, are go to go to this other town. And a bunch of stuff happens. Jeffrey Lewis is the uh, he's the, I think Jesse James or somebody. This was the that this was, was the uh, the, old, the older younger brother, the yeah, younger older brother. That yeah. was. One of the funniest shows, I've, I've watched it three or four times, and every time I, I fall out of the chair laughing, I think that's my favorite Little House episode, I have to confess.
0: Well, then, I, you know, I have a question for you. Yeah? Is it your favorite show? Because Dean and I are supposedly in that communal bath there. Uh, naked.
4: No, no, I, I, I went to the bathroom during that part because it was that was just a little too
5: tender for me.
6: You know, there's a story about younger brothers' younger brother. Uh, actually we did that show on Bonanza. Hmm. And because Michael loved it so much, we did it on Little House. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a we had a different cast, of course, mm-hmm. but Jeffrey Lewis was just fabulous. Oh, he was you wonderful. Know, cool. yes, yeah.
4: And P you know, Peabody, he, whatever he, his name I can't remember his real name. He was great. Uh, you know, the other
3: brother.
0: Oh he's great, yeah. yeah. I mean
4: all the work he did with Clint Eastwood as
0: well I mean beautiful yeah. so he's really a fun guy yeah. Stan,
3: Stan, Wonderful. Stan how did you end up with uh, the the uh, uh, set of Little House on the
1: Prairie
0: that was just by chance uh, it wasn't intended uh, we were shooting like you mentioned there the last the last episodes and uh, Michael was directing and uh, you know we're going to blow up everything and I, we were just standing there in between takes, and uh, uh, I asked him. I said, "You know, what are you going to do with Little House and, and the barn and everything?" He said, "Do you want it?" <laughs> wow! And it, 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 it caught me off guard. It yeah. really, it, it just did. And I, I said, "Wow!" I said. Uh, he said, "No, if you want it, he said, uh, if you dismantle it, uh, then you know you can you can take it down." And um, I told him. I said, "Well." I said, I've got horses, and it's like a second family to me, uh, just a ranch next door. So I got a couple of the cowboys from over there uh, when the show was over, and we did. We uh, took it down. It was built in flats uh, and all of that. Save the but nails. Michael said to me, Michael <laughs> said, Stan, if you take it, and I'm glad you're taking it, but you've got to make me one promise. And I said, what's that? And he said, you have to promise me that you'll never use or let it be used at the little house for anything commercial. Yeah. That's nice. In other yeah. words, not put on display and sell tickets yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. So nothing like that. He was he was very sincere about that that he didn't want it to be uh, uh how would you going to say, you know, just Know, minimized and everything. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, it, it meant something to him, and he needed to stay mm-hmm. that spirit, that soul of Little House. Mm-hmm. Needed to stay with that building.
3: Had you worked with Michael Landon prior to uh, Little House? No, sir. No, never had. No. And how was it to work with him? I I knew Michael from the times when he uh, would come to Tucson, and uh, he he was a big proponent of. Uh, we had a tennis tournament here. Yeah. Yeah, back in the '80s, and uh, I got to know a
6: great him. Great tennis tournament. Yeah,
3: great tennis tournament. I got to know him uh, at that time, and uh, how how was it to work with this
0: guy? I, I tell you, he uh, he he made things very comfortable. I mm-hmm. I told a story now and then. My first day on the set, and we were out in Simi Valley on location there, right in front of the little house. And we're standing four of us real close, myself, Pam Roy Lance, who played my wife, and Melissa Gilbert, and Michael Landon. And the four of us are standing having a conversation. And I am just messing up my lines, you know, (laughs) just blubbing them by accident. I mean, it just, Mm -hmm. I was nervous as hell. And Michael yelled cut, and he said, "Stan, come here. And we walked around behind the little house, and he said, what's wrong? I said I'm just nervous. I said it's half pint. It's it, it's little Joe. It's you know, it's all of that, you know. And he said he said don't worry. He said you do what you do, and I'll never look like I'll never let you look bad. And if you are, I'll tell you.
7: Yeah.
0: And he really took all that pressure away as much as he could. Mm-hmm. And made it as as easy as you could to work. He was a great guy. He was an easy person to talk with, mm-hmm. no question
3: about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and on anything, any topic, I mean, he told stories. Oh, his stories are the greatest. <laughs> oh my God, they are, they're they're priceless. There's, and unfortunately, is. I can't tell them on the air. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, you know, I've got to say he, I think one of the best compliments I ever got was I did a, the boys in blue episode of Highway to Heaven mm-hmm. and I'm a burglar and I've got a gun and I'm like and in this episode God's taken away his invulnerability and he can die again mm-hmm. and I've got a gun on him and we do the scene and it's over and he said you know he says that was the most belie- believable thing I ever saw I really felt you could pull the trigger wow and that was such a neat compliment wow Wow, On that no
6: Mike go Mike ahead. Mike was a really, very special man, of mm-hmm. course, he was our best friend, mm-hmm. and uh I mean, I worked with Mike since Bonanza, and I gotta tell you that no one, no one is like Mike was, no one mm-hmm. and, and it started with Mike and Kent, and it worked its way down where. I would see people on the street at the studio and they'd say, what do we have to do to get on the crew of this show? (laughs) I mean, he had such an incredible reputation, the Mm -hmm. show, the crew. Everyone was really, you know, you hear these people on series saying, oh, we're like family. Mm -hmm. But i got to be honest, uh, everyone was literally like family to the point where a lot of us still... uh, are in touch with each other, because it was very meaningful, very meaningful to
3: so, be with him. So, Susan, what, what what is it about that that, that does, and Stan, what, what is it about that particular character that brings all of that together? I mean, it, I understand what you're saying, but tell everybody else. I don't
6: know what you're asking
3: me. Here. Oh, how how is it that... That one person can bring together so many things like that and, and wanting everybody to, and everybody else wanting to be a part of that as well. I mean, he, it kind of had to have the presence. I think to it, bring uh, out the best. Well,
6: you know, uh, they used to call Kent BD. Collier BD. used daddy. to call him BD because big he dad. was their big daddy. Yeah. And, he was. Um, of course, yeah. Collier always used to say he called him BD because he paid him the money. <laughs> but I think uh, I think it was because they all knew that if they had a problem, uh, they could always go to him. They could always go to to Kent first and then to Mike because you never knew, never quite knew what you would get from Mike from Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, But you always knew that you would get an honest answer right off the bat from Kent. He had everything in order. And, you know, and Kent uh, actually hired people that were the best at what they did and let them do their work. And I think that's what was respected more than anything. And if they had a problem, then they would go to him. But other than that, they did the best thing that they knew how to do.
0: I never realized how good the two of them were and and how they ran the show, Michael and Kent, until the show was over and I started guest starring on other episodes of other
7: shows.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm serious. It was unbelievable. I won't mention any names, but I said, my gosh, I didn't realize how beautiful and sweet it was and allowing for an actor to do his work, his or her work, on Little House there was never any yelling and screaming or anything and all of that yeah. and you could go on another show and that's all it was, was yelling and screaming
4: but, You know, the interesting, oh yeah they were great interesting thing too about the two gentlemen was that when you were working it would not be uncommon to finish up early in the afternoon and go home two or three hours earlier mm-hmm. than you would mm-hmm. on other shows mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: alright we're going to do our Always. Uh, do our next commercial break Here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker de France and Todd Roberts with you. Susan McRae and Stan Ivor, our guests.
0: We'll be right back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black schedule your free consultation. Call 304-8300.
1: The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Olaho Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000 square foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at tucontrapanski.com.
2: This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away. It'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777 1911 That's 777-1911. Sam. Yeah. I've been thinking. You know about that five bucks? Yeah. Well, I guess I did barf. Well, that's great. I like to square that debt. Oh, yeah, I'll bet you would. Oh, pal, you keep it. You keep it and pay me
5: later, if there is a later. Because where I'm going, everything's free. But where you're going, you might need five dollars. <laughs>
0: this is the Voices of the West.
3: We're back on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. Our guests, Stan Iver and Susan McRae. We are talking the High Chaparral and the Little House on the Prairie, and uh, damn near best days of my life, and damn near anything else we can come up with uh, for this hour. This is this, this is great stuff, and yes, Shane, I do. I, I wanted. Well, uh, I was going to say. Go ahead, Harry. I was going to say, Todd. Yes, I do. Uh, uh, illegal Peoples. I do have permission to play that particular theme. We didn't steal it? <laughs> we did not steal it. Oh. I have the permission to play it. I did not pirate that one. Music wrestlers. Music wrestler, yeah. All right. I'm thinking have less of you now, Harry. Play. I thought more of you. You
6: have the permission to play anything on chaparral <laughs> for Thank me. You.
5: Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> no one um,
6: Harry, me. I you had know, more uh,
5: respect from I, I had a lot more respect for you, Harry, when I thought you stole it. Oh, uh, I uh, steal a lot of, of things. Thing. Don't worry. <laughs> I hey, can, to I an um, yes, can I make an go
6: announcement, you guys?
7: Can I make an announcement, please? please.
6: Uh, I just want you to know, March twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth, ha- a little house on the prairie is is honoring the fiftieth anniversary oh. of the show, Ooh. and it will have a big event out here mm. in Simi Valley where we shot the show and it will be an incredible gathering, and please go to Facebook. You'll see all kinds of advertising on it. It's going to be incredible. All the stars will be out there. All kinds of events will be going on, and I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that.
3: Okay. Alright, Todd, you had a question in there that you were comment.
5: Well, Stan, you also were, uh, you worked on Just Shoot Me with George Siegel and David Spade, and I wanted to see what your if you have any stories from that experience.
4: That was a funny show. Yeah. Well, it was I don't a very have funny any... show. Oh, yeah.
0: It was It was a definitely a funny show. And uh, uh, I love those sitcoms and, and all of that. They were great to work on. And those folks were great. I mean, that's all I remember pretty much that they were great to work with. There, there is, since you played the theme song of High Chaparral, mm-hmm. I do have a Don Collier story. Oh, you good. want to hear it? Okay. Hey,
7: yeah! yes, yes, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, in, in Tucson, when we had the reunions there, yeah. and I'm pretty much, I was a guest with coming with Kent and Susan. And um, every now and then, some of the fans would come up to me, and, you know, a couple of the ladies came up to me and said, oh, can I get a kiss? Can I get a hug? And when the second or third one came, I said, you know, you really don't want me. You see that big guy over there? That's the king bull right here in the herd. <laughs> yes. That's the guy. And I said, that's Don Collier. That's the one you want to go over to. And I went over to Don, I said, Don, these women, they're just enamored with you. And I said, I guarantee you, you could sell them a kiss. <laughs> and he goes, you, you, you think so? <laughs> I said, yeah. And Don kissed every one of those gals at least once.
6: He made a fortune.
4: He
0: made 20 bucks each time and he loved it.
4: You know, and I was giving him the cut rate, too. I could have charged him a whole lot more.
6: Doesn't he sound like you?
7: There he is.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. That is. Oh, God. I miss
4: him so much.
0: Yeah, we all do. Oh, we all miss him. Don and I had a uh, Don and I had a mutual, because both of us were in the Merchant Marine, not mm-hmm, together, right. but we were in the Merchant Marine, both of us. So mm-hmm. we had some sea stories that we would tell uh, each other over the years, <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. Oh
4: man, man, oh man. You know, it's so funny, but you, you take the cast. It's the same way with Little House, but you take the cast of High Chaparral, and. There's nobody like those guys. No. They're all so, so unique, so special. Uh, you know, I have nothing but good memories of all those. I guys. don't think you could recast
3: either of the shows no. and, and be... Not six- get that chemistry. Yeah, no. yeah and it, it, that's it, the chemistry. Um, I mean, you can tell it, uh, the on-screen chemistry, yeah. you can tell. I mean, it's just <laughs> so... Well, it's, know, it's there.
4: Like, it's like David Dortort saw Henry Darrow in a play. Yeah, And... He, he went right from that play to Chaparral, you know, oh, wow. and it changed his life forever, big time. <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah, Shaf- Chaparral you. was a terrific show, terrific show.
3: And that's why we're talking all, about you it. You know, uh, yeah. I say that Kent,
6: uh, Kent called High Chaparell his baby because mm-hmm. he was the first one to read the script. And uh, actually, Denny Petticlare, who wrote the pilot, uh, gave the script to Kent first, and he started to read it, and they were on their way to a location for Bonanza that day, mm-hmm. and they were in the plane, and as Kent read the script, he looked, turned the page and would pass it off to Bill Claxton, who was sitting in back of him, the mm-hmm. director-producer, and as they kept reading... He looked at Bill and Kent said, what the heck are we going on Bonanza? He said, this is a great script. He said, we got to do this show. And the next thing you know, there we were. NBC had picked it up. And I got to be honest, it was the best show, the best Western ever done. Mm
7: -hmm.
3: Yeah, uh, I think many people are going to agree with that. With that statement, I, uh, my wife and I have been re-watching uh, the Chaparral episodes uh, on the DVDs, and and they're just they're great. And plus, there's such great scenery.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a great there's a great thing about David Dortort. His very first movie job or, or script sold was The Lusty Men, which is probably the, the best rodeo movie ever mm-hmm. made. Mm-hmm. But this is what's cool. He did a episode of Fireside Theater. He did several, but, you know, and one episode was called Man of the Comstock, and that episode is regarded as the genesis for Bonanza. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah.
7: He was a
6: great Western historian, David was. He really was. And did you ever see his Restless Gun, the Restless Gun?
5: Yes. Yes, he was. what The Restless Gun with John Payne. John Payne. Right.
6: Right. That's
5: right. Good stuff. Well, I watch it uh, most mornings over my coffee. Here, here's a here's an interesting one for
4: you. There was a series called Twentieth Century Fox Hour, and he did an adaptation of Oxbow Incident Hmm. for that, which was really something special.
6: Interesting.
7: He also did a he
6: also did a new series that well he tried to of the Cowboys. You know the original with uh, John Wayne. Yeah. And he did it as a series that my father did, and um, I got to say it was really good. I, I was sorry to see that that didn't go on.
3: So Stan Ivor, uh, what do you do now? Are you retired from the picture business and uh, just go out on boats now?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I I, uh, I don't skip as much as I used to, uh, but I go down to Long Beach. Uh, Every now and then, the owner of the company and I are good friends, mm-hmm. and uh, I like to see Sammy and Zelda again now and then. <laughs> so yeah, I've kept up my uh, cool. my license with the Coast Guard. It's a merchant marine license that I have, and uh, and all of that. So yeah,
3: how, how many tons? Uh, how many tons are you licensed to? Excuse me. How many tons are you licensed for?
0: I, I, I've only got a limited tonnage on a skipper. Okay. But uh, when I went to the academy and graduated from the academy, I went, I have an engineering uh, merchant marine license. Ah, okay. And that's unlimited, any ship, yeah. any ocean.
4: Yep, yep, yep. I'm licensed for 16 ounces. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're licensed okay, yeah. for a rowboat.
7: <laughs> Not that big. <laughs> so, Stan, I,
3: I,
5: got, I, I have another question for you, Stan. Yes? I have another question for you. You're from Brooklyn.
0: That's correct. I was born in Brooklyn.
5: What part of Brooklyn? Bay Ridge. Okay. My father was from uh, Flatbush. My dad was from Flatbush.
0: Right. I'm born down by Fort Hamilton and they're further up. Up by where uh, the old Ebbets Field and stuff would be up on that, that end of it.
5: Okay. Sure. So yep. I always have this argument with friends who live in Los Angeles now who come from New York and I always say have you found any good thin crust pizza in Los Angeles? <laughs> and some will say no, most of it's a cracker with tomato sauce on it or uh, V8 juice on it. So I just had to ask that question to you there. Hey, we
3: got I, always ask,
6: we- I always ask people if there's a good pizza here like from
3: Chicago. Yeah, right. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, we got to do another, our final commercial break here on Abel Franci's Voices of the West. It's a great show. We're streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. Stan Ivor and Susan McRae are guests. We'll be right back.
4: Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay
1: where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. (laughs)
2: this is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management, where we manage money for gun owners. When people turn 50, something miraculous happens. They start to get serious about retirement planning. They've done very well so far and want to be certain they power into the retirement they've earned. Let me guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Ed Wilkinson, at 777 1911. That's 777 1911.
0: Read classic western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net.
1: Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse at Around is a 501 C3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to horse it around will go a long way, so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horse Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Sir so Monolito's in jail in Nogales. I had heard he was wanted there for several charges. My son does not do things in half measures.
0: That's the best and they're gonna execute him. They have a firing wall set up.
1: Oh. <sighs> I suppose I always knew he would end up like that. This is the voices of the west.
3: on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Our guests today, both in the Los Angeles area, Susan McRae and Stan Ivers. Stan was in uh, Little House on the Prairie, played John Carter, the uh, blacksmith. Susan McRae, casting director for Little House on the Prairie, and married to Kent McRae, the production manager for uh, The High Chaparral, among other programs my god did i get it all
4: you got it all you, if, you, if you give all the credits it'd be a five-hour show you know i and think that so be leaving stuff out you know i want just for a second i want to go back to susan's dad because he's such, such a special man but you know he did the music for 86 episodes of chaparral yeah and this is the interesting thing I come out, which I didn't realize. He also did a lot of, of stuff uh, just on the piano for a bunch of different westerns. Lonely Man, which is probably the first time him and Dortor worked together. Uh-huh. Uh, he did the Ten Star, Real Bravo, wow. which they did a recording from that of, of his, his uh, the piano playing. The Jayhawkers, Heller and Pink Tights. You know you know we, we think of him as a composer but he was a concert pianist too. well
3: and how, how many uh, he got what at what at least one academy right Susan
6: He was nominated 3 times for an academy award he won the academy award he won golden globe awards he won 2 emmy awards one of which was for the high sampler Yeah yeah and uh, he was an incredible man incredible
4: wow Man. Well, he has—he had an incredible daughter, so that's, you know, the fruit doesn't fall oh, well, far you. from the tree.
3: Daughters, daughters are like that.
4: They're, you know. You got, you got, I yeah. got one.
6: Not all of them.
4: <laughs> now, most of them. I've got, I've got to say, this, Harry's this daughter, 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 and his, daughter and Harry's daughter. I just realize two Harrys. In, both, both have great daughters.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah.
3: My little girl has just turned been turned on to westerns and is absolutely loving them and uh, just had a fiftieth birthday just had her fiftieth birthday she She had the honor of transporting myself and Bunker down to Tombstone for an event oh, and smart. uh <laughs> I think after that, I think she wanted to leave us there. <laughs>
7: Yeah,
3: he kept trying to sneak off. Uh, no, it was, it was wonderful. We Gr- put great rocks stuff. under the tire so she couldn't back out. <laughs> Todd Roberts, you got any questions in there?
5: Well, I just <clears throat> I think that it's important to remember that, you know, there are the people we see on the screen that we think make it all happen, but today we have two people on the show who did make it happen? Uh, one in front of the camera uh, and the other one behind the camera. And that's where this all happens. And that's why the people that I always had the most respect for were the people who took care of the crew. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't think anybody, and I think Bunker can testify to that. And, you know, we've talked many times about Lee Marvin and how much he regarded the crew and how he would rather sit and hang out with the crew than anybody else. And we don't really see that much anymore. We see uh, people with uh, trailers that cost more than people's homes. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) yeah. And uh, you know they are decorated with—with uh, with, uh, um, you know they—they're so beautifully decorated and overly expensively decorated. They're in Architectural Digest. I think that if your if your trailer's is in Architectural Digest, I think your priorities are in the wrong place. Uh, probably so.
6: I have a story to tell you about those trailers. All uh, right. A very well-known actor, very well-known actor, came into Kent and he said. Uh, He's doing another, she was doing another show. And he came in and he talked to Kent and he says, you know, uh, he said, I got to tell you something. I'm a little upset. I was out at the, uh, at my trailer and uh, I was measuring it and it's three inches shorter than the other guest stars. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Take but away his roar. That is a true story. So that good. is a wow. true story
4: what do you guys got coming yeah. up in the little time we
7: got left yeah
6: well of course we've got the story of Sa- <laughs> of uh, Sammy and Zelda coming out oh. and uh, I've got my um, uh, animated film that I'm working on in pre-production and I've got my two radio shows that are on
3: getting so to know I'm you pretty
6: busy.
3: yeah you are Stan how about you
0: well, I don't have anything, uh, out there. I did have a little movie I was gonna do, a little role, nice role. One, um, his name is, uh, Clint, uh, Clint Lilly. Uh, it was a nice role, uh, and may still do it after the, uh, after the strike. And I think this was perfect for me at this age. I play a blind feetsayer who is driving a, a, uh, a team of horses that's pulling the back of a pickup truck. <laughs>
3: Okay, uh, we're gonna. Uh, <laughs> I've got the music. i got the music rolling here. This is called Blues Theme. Uh, Blue, the character, his theme, uh, done by. It uh, was that Vin, Vinny. Oh, oh, oh! I've got a question for Susan.
4: Well, very quickly. Before. Okay, I read that had Chaparral not been cast, I mean not been canceled, uh, for the fifth season, there was talk about bringing Blue back. Uh, Mark, back to the series. Was there any truth
6: in that? I have no idea about
4: that. All right. Well, that
3: settles that. <laughs> okay.
6: <laughs> that settles that.
3: Stan Ivers, Susan McRae, thank you so much for spending a Saturday afternoon with us. We really appreciate it muchly.
0: Bless you and
7: your well, blessing I had fun. How about you, Stan?
0: <laughs> I had a great time, guys. Really good. And Conker, good hearing your, your voice again. <laughs> and all three of you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, thank, you. thank you so much. Next,
3: t- Thank you. Next time we get together, we've got a really good one here. Jennifer Malone. She's a native basket weaver. And that's no. next Saturday on Amal Franzi's Voices of the West. And we're just going to let uh, blues theme trail out instead of uh, the usual amel Franzi vo- uh, uh,
4: outro. So. 78, 79. Eighty Blues. <laughs>